Hi and welcome to the Humans of Hospitality podcast with Mark Cribb. Now in a change to our normal programming, those of you who are regular listeners will know that every Monday morning I release an episode where I generally have a chat and a deep dive and a conversation with somebody from behind the scenes of hospitality. But I think at the moment with what's going on in the world of hospitality and and although the podcast is really aimed at anybody who is interested in where our food and our drink comes from, uh, one of the key markets and the clues in the title I guess, Humans of Hospitality, a lot of listeners are uh, people who work in this sector so it didn't really feel like at the moment we should be chatting about you know kind of businesses and our strategy and our plan uh, around normal business because most of the hospitality sector has been closed down but I think there'll be a lot of other business people out there um, who are also going through very similar circumstances so although I'm going to slant this towards hospitality I think uh, many business people will be interested. So what I've decided to do for a period of time is to jump on board with either some previous guests that I've had on the show or some new uh, maybe some of the support groups like uh, UK Hospitality um, or Hospitality Action and I'm going to have a very coronavirus sort of centric chat about what what's happening with legislation what support is out there? What should we be doing? And I'm very conscious that things are moving really quickly. And I don't want to um, sort of get these out two or three days after I record them. Quite often I record three or four weeks, maybe six weeks in advance. And by then they'll be completely out of date. So I'm going to record them and I'm going to try and release them the same day. In this episode, I am chatting to Will Beckett from Hawksmoor, the steak restaurants uh, dotted around the country and uh, soon to be in New York as well. Well, hopefully at least, and that's certainly still Will's plan. Um, We were both recording this at home and having a little bit of a problem with the internet connection because obviously we are working in lockdown remotely and I guess everybody is, uh, I don't know, doing Joe Wick workouts or uh, home educating their children on the Wi-Fi. So appreciate your tolerance. I wouldn't normally put out podcast with this kind of audio but I'm sure you understand and I have ordered some gizmos to improve that next time but Will and I have a great chat I think what Will and and Hawksmoor always demonstrate to be honest is the power of being human uh, first and business people second and some of the decisions they were making and when they were making they were quick they were quick off the mark they were one of the first big restaurant groups I saw to close early before it was enforced and their reasons for doing that um, I thought were very authentic and demonstrated really yeah, how you kind of keep your moral compass compass, sorry, and your values uh, intact whilst you're making uh, many, many decisions faster than uh, would, would ever really be the case and, and so many of those decisions are actually made by government first. So I really hope you enjoy our chat as we chew the fat on the current impact and how we come out the other end. Thanks. Will Beckett from uh, Hawksmoor, thanks so much for joining me. Um, you and I sat down 74 days ago, funnily enough, in your head office in London and chatted about opening New York and all the exciting stuff we were up to with our hospitality businesses and, and what a change we've had. Um, before we get into some detail, for people who don't know you, can you just explain uh, who you are and what Hawksmoor is, please, Will? Yeah, uh, a, a, a few days ago... I was the CEO of, uh, uh, or the founder, maybe, of, of, of Hawkmore. We had eight and a half restaurants because we were just about to launch our new one in New York. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, I mean, it's funny that you say 74 days. I mean, last week feels like a lifetime ago. Yesterday feels like a fortnight ago. Uh, 74 days. I think I've 
don't know. It feels like a different yeah. completely. It was a different. It was a different world, wasn't it? And uh, it's funny that you say that. I, I hosted a meeting uh, a few days ago with my MP, and we all went around the table and introduced ourselves. And when it got to me, I said, "You know, my name's Mark, and I used to be an, a restaurateur." So it's funny that we're both using the uh, same expression. But let's hope that continues off the, the back of this. One one thing I do, one thing I do feel okay about though is that I. I definitely feel confident in saying I will. I will be a restaurateur again. I will own, say, the oil run eight, nine. We'll open New York. It, it's it's going to happen. So I'm only on a temporary hiatus from 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 that. Yeah, perfect. Well, uh, that's that's really good news. Um, so I think we were all kind of watching this um, kind of you know uh, come about in slow motion almost as we heard what was going on in in China. Um, do you remember if there was a specific trigger, either either when it was or what it was, where all of a sudden you went, right, this is actually about to get serious and it's going to have huge implications? Yeah, we got on top of it on the 27th of February. Um, that was our start. Um, we, And it started really with uh, health advice and, and, and health and travel updates. So I remember saying to my HR director... Um, we've just got to get on top of our policy around where people can go and make sure that, you know, all the hygiene and stuff in the restaurants is as good as it could possibly be. And we've just got to step all of that stuff up. And she, she spent a day, a 10 hour day updating all of our policies and stuff. And, and we sat down the next day, whatever that was, 28th, 29th. And we were talking about it. And we, at, at that point, you'll remember there were 11 sort of areas locked down in Italy. Um, and there was a distinction between category one and category two areas in terms of travel advice from the government. Um, and we had a couple who both worked for us who were skiing in Northern Italy, a mile away from a category one area. And I said to my team, I, I think we've got to go further than the government advice because that couple are going to come back surely within days of them coming back where they will have been will become category one and potentially one of them works at air street you know they're gonna they're gonna be in contact with five thousand people over the next 14 days so we started changing our kind of you know if you travel you've got to self-isolate policy then and i've got a feeling that from that point on we just about managed to stay something like 24 to 48 hours ahead of uh where most people were and i know you're you're down in Bournemouth, aren't you? And, I, and we've talked before about me being involved in Mitch's business. It's also been interesting to me, like for the for the restaurant industry anyway, London has been the eye of the storm, really. So I, I think we felt we were sort of 24 to 48 hours ahead of where most people were in London with it. But for a while, I felt we were probably a week ahead of where people were in Devon with it in terms of what they thought was coming. So it has been... Horrific, I don't know is the right one. I mean, it has been horrific in all sorts of ways. But at the same time, I've, I have felt like we're on top of it. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's been interesting, hasn't it, watching the you know the government's advice, but also recognising that we all have a responsibility as human beings with our own brain. I don't think we can delegate our decisions to, uh, to Boris and the government all the time. Um, 
and, and hats off to you because you did move fast. The decision actually to close, you took that, you know, even before I think Boris said, Don't, was it restaurants, is that right? Or was it the gap in between the two? So on, on, on Monday, I think, last week, um, he said, you've got to stop going to uh, bars, clubs, uh, and similar places. He didn't say the word restaurants. Um, On Tuesday, he said restaurants. And on Friday, he said, everything's got to shut. Um, But we woke up on Tuesday morning and just said, the truth is, I mean, you know, we'd had it in New York, by the way, in terms of... uh, a similar event. There's always a lag, isn't there? There's a lag between London and, and or the UK and other countries, whether that's we're ahead or behind. So you've always got something to look at. And I, I said to my team that in New York, uh, it became obvious that people were going to be advised not to go out. Some people unilaterally started closing and mandated closures followed three to four days later. But not only that, in between those three to four days, the public mood shifted from uh, we feel sorry for restaurants and we want to support them to, oh, my God, restaurants are a public health risk and we want them all shut. We want draconian measures taken. So I just said, I think that's the direction this is going to go. And and really, the onus is on us to do the right thing from a public health point of view. So we shut we shut our restaurants on on. On, we announced that we were shutting on Tuesday evening um, and uh, and then just turned very quickly to just making sure that whatever came in terms of economic policy, that we would be able to ride that storm out and open those restaurants again and get to a stage where, I don't know, in our, we just kept saying we want, we want to get back to what this felt like two, three weeks ago in terms of our jobs and the people that we employed and the restaurants that we ran. And we, we've just got to make sure we get back to that one day. So at the same time, uh, Will, I guess we are, we're MDs. So we're making some of these decisions very rationally for our business, but also we're, we're emotional kind of human beings having a huge impact on people and human beings in our team, um, how much of those decisions were rational business and how much of them were caught up in the emotion of what was going on? Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure that... I'm not sure it was either of those things in a way. I'm not sure anything was kind of strictly rational. I'm not sure anything was strictly emotional. I mean, because I felt like... Because I felt like we had... a bit of a steer from New York about how this was going to go. Um, We had at the very least had a chance to talk about um, kind of guiding principles of how we'd react. Right. I remember thinking that basically everyone would have to make their own decisions based on their financial situation and their values. And what, what we had time to do was at least say, these are the high level things that we're going to kind of anchor all our decision making to, right? We're going to just, we're going to make sure that Hawksmoor survives, not, not because of money or anything like that, but because we, you know, everyone from me and Hugh to the loads of people in the company, you know, barbacks who've worked with us for seven, eight years have spent such a 
large amount of our professional lives building this thing that we all love. And we want to go back to, you know, employing all these people and having these restaurants and that's got to happen. Uh, and then also we need to be able to protect as many jobs as possible, like look through, you know, as many people as we can through this. And, uh, as I said, we had this plan to, uh, try and support, you know, hundreds of people through it, even before the chancellor spoke on, on Friday. And, and then we want to be able to look each other in the eye and say, we acted in accordance with the values that we've had, um, for, for, for well over a decade now. And, um, just being able to do that, being able to kind of anchor stuff really helped with, I think, neither getting too heavily emotional uh, which I don't know for me sometimes involves kind of bad decision making or panicking, but equally not going kind of like super cold rational. Um, we knew we had to look after people. People was really, I mean, for everyone, not not just Hawksmoor, but uh, how can you how can you do the best job you are capable of doing for as many people as possible? I think is quite a widespread view now in hospitality, outside hospitality. Um, and, and I think that was definitely on our mind. It's a, it's a very impressive. I mean, you, you mentioned 400 people there that you decided to retain in the business, and this was before the government support came in. How on earth were you doing that? I mean, presumably that must have pretty significant financial implications on the business because you're not, you know, sort of social services and social support, I suppose. But to make that commitment to 400 people, how did you do it? Well, I mean, we hadn't got round to it yet. We were waiting actually for 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 the chance to say what he was thinking of doing, but we we kind of felt that uh even if we had to look someone in the eye and say listen that there's a new reality here which is you don't have to pay your rent anymore you don't have to buy those new clothes anymore you don't have to go to a bar or restaurant anymore what you have to do is you've got to put food on your family's table and you've got to make sure that you know at, at a minimum you and your family are okay and I can give you an amount of money that allows you to do that. And I can give you that amount of money for quite a long time until we're able to sort of start up again. And then we'll just go back to the way things were. So, I mean, not that that was the case for, for absolutely everyone, but broadly speaking, at an absolute minimum, we thought we can do that with a, with a few hundred people. And I mean, it, it's... It's a benefit, I suppose, of being a company that is quite successful and we had, you know, we have money in the bank. But, you know, when you wake up uh, last Monday, I think, to the reality that you were just about to become a business with no revenue, with no potential date for getting revenue again, uh, and you've still, you know, our, our, our payroll was something like a million pounds a month. You know, we've got large rent. Aside from all the other costs, you, you've just got to think, how can how can I do the best job that I possibly can in the circumstances? Um, and I, I think that's how we that's how we tried to behave during it. And we're in a slightly more privileged position than other people. But it, it, even then, it, it, made, it involved making some quite hard decisions. I mean, we, we've talked about closing the restaurants, but there were, there were some hard decisions that we had to make there. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think 
you know, people are making decisions all over the place. I guess the, the numbers just get bigger, but the implications are the same as, yeah, how, how many people can you hold on to? Because it is going to hurt financially. What do you think then? So on Friday, when the government announced its support, did that surprise you? Uh, what's your general thoughts on what the government are trying to do? Yeah, I mean, it surprised, it surprised me uh, in its ambition. And I, and I, I, I think it, the ambition is absolutely laudable. Uh, my guess is that you and, and p- people who are listening to this probably had the same or same or a similar reaction to me, which was, OK, so funnily enough, I had solved in my head the problem that you've just answered differently. Um, you, the Chancellor, have answered differently. So weirdly, I've now got to go back to square one and I've got a huge number of questions now in this new reality. So, of course, it is abs- the policy, the high level policy is great and you know, it will allow uh, allow people who uh, who work at Hawksmoor to feel much more financially secure, and I'm really hopeful that it will allow us to take back the people that um, that we had to let go last week, and and look after them as well. That we can kind of take that circle of people who we are able to kind of care for and see through this crisis and, and, and make it bigger again. But it, there's so much detail, you know, what's, uh, how do you calculate someone's hourly pay? Mm, how do, uh, how does that work with maternity leave where people in fact are due 90% of pay for the first six weeks when they go on maternity? Uh, what is, I don't know what, are, I've got so many questions that I just need to get answered and, I am. I mean, I've got so much work to do anyway at the moment. But the, the the senior people in our company are just waiting for the moment that the government says, "Here is all the detail," and then we will leap into action and we will get in touch with every single person, uh, and we will say to them, "This is what we can do for you now through through this period." Um, and I, I'm really looking forward to that bit happening. And it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think the government are saying to us at the moment, and it's probably worth saying that today is uh, is Tuesday the 24th, right? So uh, it's funny, you, you have these conversations and they're only really completely relevant at the moment you have them. But um, the government have said to us, here is our intention. We will follow with the detail. And we've yeah. been able to say to our teams here is our intention and we will follow with the detail. And of course, if we're frustrated, and that's not the right word, but you know, if, if we're on tenterhooks waiting for the government's detail, then it's got to be much, much more unnerving, I think, if you are an employee waiting for your employer to come back to you. But unfortunately, that has to be the direction, doesn't it, at the moment? Government tell us the detail. We act as quickly as we possibly can and give people... Uh, certainty about how their life looks over the next coming weeks or months yeah you're you're absolutely right and it and it's great that you know with that government support you you sort of jump straight into the employee support which was the same thing from my perspective but you know the biggest issue really was what can we do for the team in the short term because let's help them buy their food and pay their rent and stay safe and, I, and almost then you know how do we rescue uh, the business. Secondly, you're a well-connected individual, and, and I'm going to do a, a separate podcast where I'm going to go more into the details of furloughing and what that means. Um, so I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but we've all, we're all asking similar questions. We all need the detail. 
Have you been given any extra information through your connections as to when to expect that? Is it is it this week? Is it two weeks? I know they want to have the solution, the actual cash by the end of March, but with regards to the detail of how it's going to work, are you any wiser than the rest of us? Uh, well, I mean, actually, funnily enough, just on your, they want to get the cash to us by the end of March. I, if that's if well, that's new, I, haven't, I haven't had it. Um, no. uh, but that would be, I think, welcome to the hospitality industry because, of course, I think the, the the thought on people's minds now, which is a bit less of an issue for me than it is for many, is, okay, I've got to wear all of these costs until the government give me the money back, and I don't know when that's going to be. Um, so, uh, you know, that is definitely an issue. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been speaking to lots of people who are um, lobbying the government, speaking directly to ministers and advisors and... Uh, I don't know. My 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 sense is one: the government definitively know that they have to move quickly to answer a load of these questions that have been thrown up by um, by the Chancellor's statement, uh, and that the and probably that the intention is that they try to put through kind of sweeping legislation that just catches catches as many people as possible looks after as many people as possible and then they retrospectively reserve the right to uh to kind of clamp down on people who abuse that policy rather than carefully crafting a policy that is protected from abuse but that would take much more time and bureaucracy um because i think that the obvious situation for lots of people in this industry is that money is extremely tight and that they can't hold out on a cash basis for too long um i mean again we are we are we are better off than a lot of people in those situations but um that is that is the pressing concern for everyone isn't it how how long can i wait for the detail to know what to do Bearing in mind, I think almost everyone wants to do the right thing. I know we've all seen a couple of nightmare stories um, on Twitter about people acting acting in bad faith. But everybody I speak to wants to act in good faith. The question really is, how long can people wait in order to start acting in good faith? Bearing in mind, there's still probably a question mark for some people about, can I survive that long? Yeah, absolutely. I was, you know, on a personal level, we've got £100,000 worth of payroll coming out of the account next week, which we've committed to the teams to pay because, you know, we even told them about 10 days ago, maybe maybe less like you. I can't remember one day to the next, but say, look, please, budget, speak to your landlord, speak to your mortgage companies, do it now because this may be the last payment we can make for a while because that leaves us uh, completely skimped. But we want to do the right thing and we want to keep them on, but yeah, we, 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 need, that, uh, we need that detail. So it's I mean, it, it really has been a moment where I've been uh, incredibly glad to have resource. I mean, I, I've talked a bit about like, you know, we, we had some cash in the bank and, and not too much debt because that's how we want to run our business. But even in terms of what you've just said, right, in, talk to your employees, get them to talk to their landlords. At the very least, I've got I've got resource of a lot of people and I've just, you know, I've, I've turned our head of learning and development, for example, into a head of support. You know, go and get template letters for people to send to their landlords. Make it really obvious what the legislation is. You stay on top of it so they don't have to. Not just for the people 
that have stayed in the company, but even for the people that we've sort of let go, make it ev- make it super clear where they go and get financial or emotional support. We, we've got to do whatever we can to support people through it. And I don't know, I've also been glad that we've had like a, we've had like an internal communication with, we've got like a Facebook intranet thing just being able to communicate we talk you know i update the whole company every day on where we are and what we're doing uh we're constantly trying to give them this is how this is how you should look for support or whatever or whatever it is um just having resource has been a real blessing for me and i I, i'm absolutely aware that it is it's a privilege really uh because other people especially small independent restaurants don't have it um and a lot of bigger chain type restaurants just don't have the cash reserves to get through this kind of stuff or they've got a huge amount of debt and it's it's a it's a it's a really really difficult situation for a lot of people yeah um if any of those templates that you're talking about that you're kind of curating i suppose for your team if if any of those are generic um are you happy to share them or are you already doing that with um with other parts of the sector yeah i mean I've, i've definitely tried to send a lot of those things um excuse me I've definitely tried to send a lot of those things out to uh, to people. I mean, we've been talking to the Sustainable Restaurant Association, um, and I, 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 I'm really happy to share those things. But there are people like the Sustainable Restaurant Association. I'm pretty sure caterer are doing this as well. Hospitality action that I, I would advise really that if people are listening to this and they don't know where to get those documents, whether they're employees or employers that they go to places like that where where really they are trying to build up a kind of suite of documents that helps to support the industry at the moment. Um, so I, I can do it, but I, I think the best thing to do is is look for my – I would start at those three, actually, Caterer, yeah. Sustainable Restaurant Association, and Hospitality Action, all of yeah. whom I think, um, but especially Hospitality Action, are doing an incredible – job of just trying to be a support to the industry because everybody's in that boat aren't they of just oh my god where do i get stuff um so we're trying to feed into those efforts a bit yeah no perfect i, I think you're right and i'm going to get a few of those uh, guys on the podcast as well and point people to those resources uh, and i've seen a few shared and if i get any i'll do the same on our website um so I guess you know talking about uh, some of the some of the good stuff that's come off the back of this because it's nice to end positively and I won't keep you too much longer. But how have your team and your customers reacted to what you've done? The, the, the note, the letter you put out about your closure was, was beautifully worded. Um, did you have good response to trying to do the right thing in difficult circumstances? Yeah, I mean, just on a broad point, I suppose, before talking about Hawksmoor or, or oscillating between the two, that I mean, there's no doubt whatsoever that, that this coronavirus thing is is a is a tragedy on a scale of which certainly the UK or but but maybe even globally we haven't experienced for a very long time. Although I'm, I'm aware that greater tragedies have occurred in the world in a, on a localized level, but um, that there definitely are silver linings, right? I I I see everywhere around me people with a much with a heightened sense of kind of altruism and community and looking after each other. Um, there's, there's been a, there's been a widespread outbreak of kindness, I think. Um, and people have 
proved to themselves, I think, that they are capable of more than perhaps they thought they were. And I, I, I've loved seeing some of the kind of character from uh, from people in the sector and beyond it. And, and, and in our company, it's been great. You know, customers have been in touch. We had, you know, we, we announced we were going to shut. People who came in that night left massive tips for the teams. They People called up to pay for meals that they hadn't had. Uh, you know, we, we uh, I said that we wanted, we were going to give all of our stuff in London to City Harvest, all our food to City Harvest. Our staff kind of picked on the, up on that. They drove the delivery vans. They uh, they took stuff home and, and fed local communities with it. The people who've been uh, who've been laid off that we're still in touch with and hoping to take back have said, "Can can you please let me know if there's anything I can do." volunteer wise if you're if you're coordinating any of that people want to help i mean my the thought in the back of my head at the moment is actually i'm not 100 percent sure how to distinguish between the 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 advice stay at home which obviously is is massively helping and people's urge to get involved and do things more practically in terms of i don't know being a chef in schools for uh children for the children of key workers or volunteering at their local hospital or for the red cross or whatever it is, lots of ideas that, that we've got. I, I, I want to work through that now. How do we, how do we try to coordinate people being supportive and altruistic of that crisis? Because I think there is a widespread urge for people to do so. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I spoke to um, a friend of mine who's a director at our local hospital and said, look, you know, so much offers of help are even coming through to, to me as a restaurant car. Yes, and you're getting the same, and you certainly don't want to get in the way and be part of the noise of support that's being offered. But I was like, look, if I can mobilise my kitchens and my chefs to, to cook food for nurses or for doctors who are having long shifts and, and deliver, then we want to do it. Um, but I don't want to kind of overcomplicate if you've already got, you know, plans in place. So I think at the minute, it, it, for us, it certainly feels like a bit of a holding ground to wait and see where the most need is. We haven't we haven't worked out the plan. I'm, I'm I think there's a strong case to be made, or at least it's where my head is at the moment, to think about how you can take part in a better, more centrally organised effort, rather than uh, whatever. 10,000 hospitality businesses all trying to kind of like do their own thing and, 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 uh, and make up their own plans. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what we're going to do, but um, I was looking, for example, at uh, the COVID mutual aid website and just trying to find local community groups and, and, and maybe just try and get people to plug into those. But I don't know yet. I don't know how we're going to do it, but I, I really want to start thinking about it quickly. Yeah, I think all of us have been buried in, you know, first of all, and, and almost running in parallel, how do I save the business? How do I save the team? For me, certainly now it feels like, right, can I get maybe, you know, after the announcement last night to, you know, just shut down completely, I'm like, brilliant, can I get maybe 72 hours to get my, my head straight? And then I think we'll automatically kick into, right, where can we support? And I think as the press flip from maybe a lot of focus on the business implications to looking at what's going on in the NHS as, as that clearly ramps up and I think it will become more obvious where that need is I guess so we'll be well placed to assist I think yeah okay well look, um, 
you know, the government have already done so much. Is there anything that's kind of just jumped out at you where you think, look, we, this is the next thing we really need help with, or are you pretty happy with, with the packages they've offered? Well, I mean, we just got, we just got the, uh, yesterday, I think we got the forfeiture memor- uh, uh, moratorium, didn't we? So uh, we, we can't be evicted from, from, uh, from our restaurants for, for non-payment of rent this month. Um, that, that's an obvious one. I mean, I think the government just getting us that detail is so important. Um, and of course, there are more things that could be done. Uh, I mean, it, whether or not uh, whether or not people are taking on debt, or there's a forfeiture moratorium, or whatever, at some point the bill has to be picked up, doesn't it? Um, and that is going to create a whole load of problems in 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 our industry for for smaller businesses for bigger ones that are already highly leveraged or or, or 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 whatever but and i'm sure that there are things that the government could do there but i mean for the time being i think they're they're getting us fairly close to uh the most dire uh existential kind of threat to businesses is is being headed off and probably the other questions can kind of be answered a bit further down the line can't they I think so. Yeah, I think five days ago I was looking at it and going, you know, my goodness, I do not know how we get through this. And I have to say, when when Rishi came out and made his announcement, you sort of think, okay, um, you know, you, I don't think I could be asking for you to to show a better statement of intent. And as a result, you kind of pick yourself up, dust yourself down, and go, right, I'll do my bit. Then you're doing your bit. Let's work out a way through this. I, I think, like you said, the details. I, I've got no idea. I don't personally think will be hugely eligible for the loans that are being offered at the moment with with it only being 80% and with the hospitality sector being on its knees and needing to comply with other bank legislation. But you sort of think, you know, sod all that. That's the detail. We'll deal with it later. For now, they've they've said they want to help us survive. Let's uh, stand up and and work it out and presume that even without the answers, we'll find a way. So uh, I think they've they've done well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, final question: Your thoughts? Anything on on time frame and, and how you come out the other side? When are you uh, planning? Hoping? I appreciate it's a really difficult question, but have you got some thoughts on when people will be sat in your restaurants again, having a beer, or have you no idea? I mean, I, obviously, the answer is I've got as much idea as the next man, or as much idea as my own dog. But um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would assume that we're talking about months rather than weeks yeah uh that that might take something like um i don't know three months for us to open um i doubt it will be i doubt that when it comes it will be okay everyone open again now everything goes back to the way it were was sorry Um, i imagine that different cities will open or different places will open uh first it'll feel a bit staggered uh i imagine they might do it for limited hours and I wouldn't be at all surprised if the kind of the tap of social distancing kind of gets turned on and off for a bit. Um, I, 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 I am not thinking that, you know, we go eight weeks and then someone flips the switch back on and everything goes back to normal. But I mean, the truth is, I don't know. No, I agreed. And I think it's just reassuring for people to hear that we're all... I don't know, you know, yeah, safe, facing the same challenges, I guess. You know, I'm, I'm a seafront operator predominantly, or at least a tourist town operator. For us, you know, we, we run at a loss in the winter and we make all our money in the summer. And generally, we make enough in the summer to get through the winter. And we're looking at it kind of best case scenario, like you, maybe some sort of staggered opening for 
July and August, maybe outside terraces first. And our challenge is how do we make enough in 60 days to get through the winter? So it's not even a case that, you know, we can go back to normal when we reopen. We're going to come out of this in a different state. But I, I do love still, you know, our, our hospitality sector, the human being behind it are, are really digging in and trying to help each other out, which is refreshing. Um, maybe we can touch base again, you know, as things develop in a few weeks. But is there anything else you'd like to cover, Will? No, I just I, the only thoughts I had of I should make sure I say that before you before we go is one, just how important it is when you're in this situation. If you know if you're an operator and you're in the eye of the storm, that you take time to look after yourself a little bit and try and sleep properly and exercise and stuff. I've I like really had to focus on that mostly because my wife told me off for not doing it for the first day or few, um, and then the other one was just good luck. I really hope, I mean, it's a difficult situation for you. It's a difficult situation for me. I just hope you get through it. People who are listening who are are stuck in this situation as well. um, Just good luck and look after yourselves, I guess. I think that's that's good advice. Thank you so much, Will, for sparing my time. I know how busy you are. I guess um, maybe we'll all get a bit more time over the next few weeks, which is unusual in our sector. So, yeah, likewise, make the most of it. And, uh, Hang on in there, and thanks for just being a good egg and sort of demonstrating that we can try and get through this with our values intact. And um, yeah, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. I'll speak to you later. Cheers. Bye. Okay, thanks for listening. Uh, that's the end of the show. I hope you found that useful. Um, if you'd like me to cover any specific topics at the moment in these sort of uh, challenging times, uh, please do go to the website humansofhospitality.co.uk. There's a little contact form on there um, if you want to cover certain things or if you'd like me to speak to somebody specific or if you'd like to be on the show and share your experience. Uh, any feedback, um, if, if this kind of idea of shorter, sharper, specific episodes is something you feel is great and should we continue to uh, also release the normal uh, sort of deeper dive Monday episodes I'd love your feedback um, do send it to me in some ways I think it would be good to get a bit of relief from the news at the moment in other ways I don't know maybe we're all too distracted to uh, to listen so um, yeah send me your feedback and uh, that'd be greatly appreciated and yeah I'll uh, hopefully see you on the next episode in just a few days time thanks again